we don't ever envision it. So we will talk ourselves out of it. And if we see someone else do it, we're offended by it. And Mm. I also tell people it is odd to me as a female to not like another female as a grown adult, right? Mm. If you don't like someone, she is 10,000% breeding an insecurity in you, right? So if you are challenged by someone, if you see something and it makes you uncomfortable, what part do you feel that you didn't let yourself have that she may have, that she may flourish in? Hello, I'm your host, Stephanie Whitecross, and welcome to the Mindset Management Podcast. I'm a mum, wife, online business owner, content creator, and founder of the Mindset Management Podcast. Everyone's journey to a successful business or a healthy money mindset is different, but mindset is 90% of that journey. With mindset being everything and starting your first online business or a side hustle, which is quite a ride. So I'm super glad you're here. I'm going to be sharing tips, freebies, golden nuggets, interviews with inspiring women to help you launch your first online business whilst taking care of your mindset. We're going to work together to help you achieve your version of freedom every single Tuesday. So friend, without further ado, let's jump in. Hey there friends, welcome back to the Mindset Management Podcast. I am super excited for today's episode as I've got an interview for you and oh my gosh you guys, I just love doing interviews and it seems to be that you guys do too when I hear from you so it just makes me super happy as it must be serving you well which is exactly what I want this podcast to do. So today I've got the lovely Alex Allen on the show. We've literally been talking for probably coming up to a year or so now. She is just so inspiring. She's that straight talking friend that you need. And I just really admire her even more so after I heard more about her journey, which of course she shares on the show with you today. She's got an incredible career and entrepreneurial journey. She's a marriage and family therapist, a counsellor, an empowerment and life coach. She totally just kind of tells you how it is. She's learned through her own healing, but she also will teach you how to learn through your, your healing of healing of the past and making changes to your current life. And it really just empowers you to become very unapologetic about the person who you are now and who you're planning to be. So she shares so much value through the selfish contract. And you will not, not want to follow her on Instagram. Honestly, it's so empowering and it's so engaging, the content that she shares. I just love her. So I feel really blessed to have her on the show. We could have spoken so much more. So I feel like we only really touched the surface. We said that we would be up for doing another episode if you guys enjoyed it, enjoyed it. So if you're listening on Spotify, I'm going to use the little poll feature. So let us know if you would like a second episode. Anyway, that's enough from me. Let's jump into the episode. But I just want to ask a quick three second favor that if you enjoyed this episode, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, if you could give it a five star rating, that would be amazing. And I'd be super grateful. Okay, thank you so much. And let's jump into the episode. Hi, Alex. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Obviously, we've been connecting for quite a while, so I feel like it's finally happening that we're getting a chance to talk about so much good stuff. So I'm just really grateful and excited to have you here today. Yeah, me too. I feel like it's been a long time coming. We've been connected online for actually probably since I started, which is nice. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. And I feel like and um, we had well, we had the opportunity, sort of the opportunity. We were going to actually meet up in person, 
And then our schedules just like clash. So we're definitely going to get a date in when we do get to meet up the next time I'm over in the US. So um, anyway, I'm so excited to have you on. And what I'd really love, and I always really love it, whenever I have a guest on the show, just to kind of give a little bit of background about how you kind of got to where you are from the the Mm -hmm. fact that like a therapist, a counsellor, a coach, like you Mm -hmm. offer so much value and so much support. But if you could tell us a little bit about your journey of how you kind of got to where you are today and don't feel you need to skim past this because I always feel like everybody loves to hear the journey of how someone got to where they are um so if you're happy to kind of talk through that journey that would be amazing yeah of course I feel that actually my journey is why I do the work that I do especially with a therapist as a therapist a lot of people joke you either become a therapist to heal yourself or to heal someone you know right so Mm -hmm. this was never part of my plan. I actually went to the Fashion Institute of Design in LA right out of high school. Um, I interned in New York. I did PR. I worked for Kelly Catrone. Like my sister calls me like the Mexican Conrad, Lauren Conrad. Oh my God. Yeah, I did all of that. I was pretty successful in it for quite some time, but it never really felt aligned. Um, During that time, I lived in LA for about five years I reconnected with my high school boyfriend and people would have never put money on that because he was a teen dad. Um, I always had like these big LA dreams, but he is the epitome of when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was supposed to leave actually for New York. It's just like Lauren Conrad. So if you watch the Hills, you get it. But I was supposed to Oh, leave I get it. Honestly, loved all of it. And the fact that I didn't even know that you went to FIDM because I looked to go to FIDM. So that's yeah. crazy. Like, yes. That's yes. amazing. So I was supposed to go to New York in October of like, I think it was 2011 or something like that. And Michael and I connected. And I was like, if I leave, I'm, I'm literally walking away from like my future. Like that's how I felt. And he had two daughters at the time. So fast forward over that, Michael and I were together. I adopted his two girls and I really felt lost. Like fashion school didn't really feel aligned. I remember my um, college best friend saying, I just feel like this isn't you, like you're good at it, but you're not fulfilled in it. And it almost offended me, which is now I know it's a trigger point. Right. And I just had a really hard time finding what I wanted and I think the biggest blessing was Michael having the two girls because I fell into motherhood at 22. Like who does that? Who adopts two girls at 22? Most women don't do that. Mm -hmm. So that led me to really losing myself for a couple of years. And I needed to though, I needed to completely ditch my own expectation and pick up where I needed to leave off. Um, I cut family off for about a year and a half. I turned down the volume completely. Michael and I were supposed to get married. I canceled my wedding. Like I almost washed everything. I was severely depressed. I gained 80 pounds. Like I was not anywhere near where I thought, but what I thought I wanted to be or needed to be also didn't feel aligned. So I had to completely let everything fall apart. And in my coaching program, I tell people the pain is what needs to happen. You cannot skip this part. And I know we want to fast forward, but the lessons are in that journey. And I'm kind of a hard ass with as a coach because I'm like, stop playing yourself because you don't want to feel. And I felt for a really long time, um, for about two years. And then I enrolled in school, um, into 
the school of psychology, I enrolled, I did all the things and I still even felt insecure there, but I knew I had honestly a God given talent to really read people, um, understand at a great length. Like I just had it in me. And if I'm honest with you, I don't even <laughs> like being a therapist. I enjoy coaching, which bleeds me to my next point. So when I became a therapist, it was great. But what didn't feel aligned was therapists are very boxed in. And I'm noticing actually in the last year, a movement of a lot of us therapists, because we talk a lot online, we're over it. Like we are underpaid, essentially, we are burnt to a crisp. Like yesterday, I could have sobbed because I had so much therapy work. And I was just exhausted. And I knew, especially during COVID, I had to make a shift because I was so sick of being boxed in. And I remember a boss telling me, you need to be on your best behavior because you're a therapist. And if you know me and you follow me, I love not being on my best behavior because I don't (laughs) think you should tell me what to do at all. Right. So it was really a red flag for me of, I, I'm grateful for my work, but this isn't it. And I wanted more. I wanted to do more. So I would hone in actually with my mentor who was a therapist. And she's like, Alex, like you have the fashion background. You have the face to speak to people. Like you're young. What do you want? And I had to, again, fall apart and fail at therapy essentially to build coaching. Like what, what do I want to spend my time doing? What problems do I like to solve in women? And that took me back to their girl who fell apart in 2014. Like what part of her wanted to help other people. And that's why I think I form a lot of boundary work. I form a lot of self-respect work. I talk a lot about stop playing yourself because you know, you're making excuses. I know what excuses feel, feel like. I know what lying to yourself feels like or accepting a lie. And then before you know it, you're 35 in the rut. And I think what also helps me in the work I do is, yes, I have a passion with life coaching. Like you almost have to have a grit to you to be a life coach. Um, But the therapeutic piece of me is like, I know why it's leading you here. We don't want to be 34 and lost because statistically 34 is a huge divorce rate. Of course it is. You've got over huge emotional humps, right? And your prefrontal cortex has developed. So it's almost like this beautiful balance that I have of like research developed knowledge and then like this passion and burning sensation of like what I went through. So that's really the, the winded yet short version of how I ended up here. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I, know, I don't talk about that a lot. I probably should. <laughs> that, what like, what a journey. That's like mm. the synopsis of your life. There's <laughs> my friend tell me like, Alex, you lived a whole situation. And I said, and I'm tired. I'm really tired, but it's, <laughs> it's a gift and a curse to have the grit and the experience that I do, but such is life. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much just for sharing that and for being open about that. That's an incredible story. And I say story, but that's your life. Like I think sometimes people forget like when someone explains the story and all the journey that you went through and and challenges, successes, all of that, but that is somebody's life. That's your life that you went through. So I'm grateful that you, you went through all of that. Do you feel like, the fact that you kind of go back to those, you felt like you go back to times where you felt like you were falling apart. How mm-hmm. did you navigate through that? How did you, did you ask yourself certain questions? What did you do mm-hmm. to help you figure out 
why it wasn't working, what you were doing and what you were meant to do. Well, I will admit I had a really good therapist. His name is Dr. Shirey. He, he looked like a, if you can envision a seven foot Santa oh my who was like a guitarist, that was Dr. Shirey. He <laughs> was so amazing in the sense that I learned at a really young age, just don't complain and handle it. And I think how I navigated through that time is Dr. Shiree taught me how to feel and hear myself again, almost ramble, um, to process, uh, women, especially, I think we get very callous and I just have to figure it out. There's no other choice, but there has to be time to pause and hear yourself. So I don't think there was one question. It was just pure, pure reflection and feeling. And I had to learn to feel again. I had to learn to feel disappointment. I remember I couldn't cry for about five years and Dr. Shirey and I would have to sit there and work through what that emotion even felt like. Cause I just muscled through my whole life. Mm. So if there is anything I go back to, it's the despair and allowing to feel disappointment or even hopelessness. And I don't have to fix it. I just have to navigate it. Mm. Wow. Wow. Mm. That's amazing. Do you feel like did you put pressure on yourself at all to feel like you needed to get there quicker or did you allow yourself the time you really needed and the space you needed to get to that new place? No, you know, that's probably the one thing in my life. I don't think I ever rushed through, which is a gift. Mm. I noticed a lot of people want to, I just had a convo this morning where she's like, I can't wait till this is done. And I said, it's been a day. <laughs> it's oh been a God. day, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, like, sorry, you should probably feel this for six months. And I, feel even with my kids or teenagers, I always say, remember the feeling because that's wisdom. If we skip Mm. this part, we're not emotionally wise. And I pride myself on being extremely emotionally wise. That's why I do what I do. And I tell clients, Hey, after working with me, you will never be able to unsee things because your emotional intellect goes up. It just has to, because you're very aware and you can't blind yourself anymore so the Mm. feeling that's painful oh my god they're so annoying and they're very frustrating but it's still wisdom and it's that pull um I listened to a speech by Ed Milet I call Ed Milet my dad Ed Milet talked about we have to recreate our relationship with pain people want to skip over pain so often but they don't understand that's where the grit and the, the lesson is being taught We want to skip over it in the gym. We want to skip over it emotionally. And we're skipping what's intended to happen in that moment. I'm like, that is exactly how Mm. I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's uncomfortable to feel the pain though, isn't it? I think that, and that's why people want to get through it because no one wants to stay in that part of pain. But did you find that from that first time, that you I'm kind of going off on this because this is just fascinating to me so I'm just like I feel like I'm just learning so much myself so that first time when you felt like you just kind of lost yourself and then the second time did you feel that the second time around was slightly easier to deal with the fact um that you were that you were kind of feeling that way because the first time obviously you, you didn't know how long it might have taken to get the answers that you needed and you hadn't gone through that emotional journey and had maybe had those feelings before but the second time round did you feel like you knew that you were going to get there eventually 
Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah, there was a confidence in self, which is also yes. beauty, right? I can fall apart because there's a confidence that I know I'll come out yeah. on the other end. And if anything, I leaned in faster, mm. which is what I tell clients. Like when you learn this, you learn your groove so much that in 10 years you could get rocked, but you know you've been through this. So mm. these are my skills. Um, so I purely let myself fall apart. I remember sobbing. I did some shadow work with my mentor and I was sobbing and reflected oh my god two years ago I couldn't even shed a tear and I was able to vulnerably shed which helped it happen faster um Mm -hmm. so I I do think the emotional wisdom helps over time if you just let it happen I know Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable trust me I get it but we have to let it happen vulnerability is key I think it's it's learning I think people don't realize how when they're maybe feeling uncomfortable it's I think people are comfortable feeling uncomfortable sometimes without realizing the pain and then I think sometimes people don't even want to jump in there because they're too scared of what they're going to feel but I think when you said about um that you kind of wanted to lean in faster Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that's similar to like confidence because Mm -hmm. when you hear too many people put confidence into other people, other people giving them affirmations, confirmation of how they're feeling. But confidence obviously comes with repetition of doing something that you get more confident the next time round, and you can trust in it again. It's a little bit like, this is going to go slightly off topic, but um, I I studied uh, television production when I was at university. And when I did it, I remember the first time, like picking up the camera and filming, I was like, oh my God, what do I do? How do I, all these buttons, like, how do I do this? But then the next time around, I got more confident and the next time got more confident now. And then I went into YouTube and when I did it, it didn't even scare me in the slightest because the confidence came from the repetition of doing it and realizing each time you do something, the confidence comes, the knowledge comes so that you can get into it faster. Um, I just feel like that kind of a rule applies to everything, doesn't it? So I love that. That was really beautiful. Um, Something I kind of want to touch on. So I know I mentioned to you this to you a little bit before we kind of jumped on, but one of the reasons why I was so desperate to have you come on the show was an Instagram story that you did a little while ago that just, it touched me. I felt it. I know people and women that I speak to definitely have said these kind of statements. And it was all a story about how it's never the right time to start or make your dream life. You said about how people can't find the space or women say like, I I don't have the time to do it. They can't find the space to create the life that they want, that they feel they don't deserve their dream life, Um, that they also kind of feel like it's not fair that others have it, but they can't. I'm obviously in my business is that I want to create um, or help women start their own business and create their own version of freedom and what works for them. So I hear a lot of those kind of limiting beliefs, those statements quite a lot. I get lots of messages in my DM saying, I wish I had the guts to do this. Like, I wish I could do what you're doing or I don't have the time. And I'm like, you do, you do. When you said that, I felt like it hit me a little bit right in the beginning because I've definitely had those feelings in the past as well. But I hear it from women Every single week, I feel like I hear it constantly. And I just feel like, do you have maybe any tools? Do you have any tips, advice, any guidance at all for women to start working through maybe those like limiting beliefs that 
it never really is the right time to start your dream life. Well, I mean, I could go on a whole tangent on why you have that limiting belief. I mean, really, it's a narrative that was adopted. And people, mostly women, we submit to our circumstances. Well, well, this is it. This is just what I'm expected to do. And I don't think we ever pause and reflect on why am I not even allowing myself to dream? I have seen through clients and people who have applied to my programs they like shut it down before they even let a dream happen. Um, one of the first things I have people do when I notice that they're very callous to what they want, they make excuses. I say, make me a Pinterest board. I just want you to dream on a board. You don't have to tell anybody about it. I just want to see what is happening almost in your head. And I want you to see that it can actually go down. Right. Cause if I look at a Pinterest board, I'm like, well, this isn't a lot. Like what, what part of this can't you have? And I almost force you to tell me why you can't have A, B, and C. And then we have to decipher, is this a narrative or is this an excuse? Now there are seasons where we just can't do things, right? Like you have a baby. I have a teenager. I have two teenagers at that. I have to sometimes submit to maybe not now, but what is one step? to just feel a little bit of progression, right? So if there is one huge skill I will tell people is if you have an idea, if you have a dream, create some type of traction, create a little list of what would be your first step, right? Okay, I wanna secure my Instagram name. Okay, secure the Instagram name, create a board, create some type of visual, allow yourself to dream about it first versus being like, I'll never have time to do that. What is that? You don't even know what step one would be. You just told yourself it's too much. Mm. So we skip dreaming. Women skip dreaming because we have too much on our plate. So we don't even allow 15 minutes to give ourselves our own time in our own head. It's a disservice. Yeah. Why do you think it's women in particular? Well, because we do everything. I'm a feminist on the low. I joke with everyone. I say I'm a low-key feminist. Okay. I believe in gender roles, but there's little feminist tendencies. I really think we run this world. No one can tell me different. Um, My private practice in Nevada is 90% men. And it is such a flip from my coaching because I have have one guy and the majority are female. And so when I hear the different dynamics, it is so hard for me sometimes in private practice to keep a straight face with my men because I'm all seriously, but, <laughs> but I got to come from understanding. Right. But I think we are expected to juggle and that is our gift because we do, we figure it out and we do it anyways. But because we juggle so much, we have a tendency and an expectation to put other people's things on top of our own. So then we say, I'll get to that when I can. You almost as a female, you have to fight, like whether you have a baby or a whole husband or all these things and women work now, you know, back in the day, they didn't work. Right. So we do so much more than we even realize that we will subject ourselves to all get to it when that is the loss in confidence because there's no confidence and I can create the time. That's why I say just dream first. What are you telling? You don't even know what you can't do yet. We just yeah. we're stacked. We're stacked. I'm stacked. I sob sometimes when I can't post on selfish contract because I'll feel like I'm failing at the business. And I will have to say, Alex, it's the season of just submitting to your busy. But what is something you can do to feel traction? 
send out a newsletter, just post something, do a story, go on the DMs, right? Like it doesn't have to be this huge success story, but just traction of not giving up on yourself. Mm, yeah, I think I you're so right. And definitely I've had to work through some things since being a mom because I have definitely had times where I've either felt like guilt when I've thought about when I'm having playtime and we're doing puzzles or we're playing with Play-Doh or something like that. And then business things have come to my mind. And then I felt guilt that I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about the business, but I should actually be really present and playing. But then I'm also like, oh, I'm running out of time. Like I haven't got a chance to do this. Or if I'm working during nap time and then she wakes up 20 minutes early, I'm like, I just needed 20 more minutes. And I'm like, oh no, but that's 20 more minutes that other I can have with her. But then it's like, but I need 20 more minutes on the visit. And, and it's just, it's like an internal battle that you just continually have. And it's mentally exhausting. Um, going yeah, through. I won't say that goes away. I will not say yeah. that goes away because <laughs> I remember my business coach at one point because I was so busy and she goes, well, because my kids are busy and I like to be in their busy. Mm. She was like, well, hire them a driver. And I was so offended. By it, I was like, are you kidding? I'm a therapist first. I will speak to my children in the car. And I did not bend on that. And I'm happy I never bent on that. But I also tell everybody if one thing has your focus, one thing will drop. And it's mm-hmm. a constant like, pendulum swing. So I had a client recently who she is an influencer, a very successful one, but she had a baby and she was really struggling with what do I influence if I just want to be a mom? let yourself pivot. If you needed 20 more minutes, your baby girl is not going to remember the 20 minutes that you needed more of, right? Like just give it to yourself. We, we focus so hard on our lack versus giving grace of this is just what I need right now. And it's fine. Mm -hmm. If it's a pattern and I'm always swapping time. Okay. That's a conversation to be had, but 20 minutes by golly, like we'll be fine. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Like I forgot to order my kid her yearbook. And she goes, you know, I'm not going to the yearbook signing party. I said, girl, you're fortunate. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. And my friend was like, oh my God, Alex, it's her eighth grade year though. What about the leftover yearbook? I said, we're good. We're secure. The kid will be fine, right? I can't be everything (laughs) all the time. And I almost didn't overcorrect to teach myself the lesson that I don't always have to jump for everyone surrounding me because I'm struggling too. Mm. So it's this constant check-in of, what do I need? What's mm-hmm. the reality? Speak facts. Do not attack yourself and just really let yourself be in the day versus I'm going to regret this in 18 years. Okay. You actually won't remember it if I'm honest with you. No, <laughs> no. You no it's very true. It's very true. And I think certain things that I have started to kind of work through and when I speak to some other mums who don't run businesses, but they still have really busy careers and, uh, you know, busy home and work life is that if you didn't get something done, so certain projects, if they don't get done quite by the deadline, if they're extended by a week or two, it's really not the end of the world. It's fine. Like I've had to start, I've had to start working through that myself and actually I feel a bit more at peace with myself on things and I don't beat myself up about it anymore, but it's definitely a journey. And the fact that my daughter's nearly 21 months and it's, so we're coming up to nearly two years. It's been gradually like working through all of that, that has actually meant I, I feel more present in both elements 
when I'm working on my business, I'm 100% there. I love every single second of it. When I'm with my daughter, I'm now 100% there and I'm loving it. But I definitely think it's a journey and it's, it it's, um, it's a tough one. But I'm just jumping in here, friend, to tell you about my free five email roadmap to creating your own digital course. If you want to put your knowledge and experience into a digital course to create passive income, then grab these five emails that will turn that knowledge into a profitable online course. You'll get one email a day for five days. Each day will give you the next step of the roadmap. By the end, you'll have all the resources and training to create your own digital course. And as a bonus, if you read all five, you'll get a checklist on the sixth day just to make sure you've got everything everything covered. If you want to grab these five emails, pop your name and email into the link that's provided in the show notes and wait for them to drop in your mailbox. Now back to the episode. Do you feel like, or why do you think people sometimes make excuses for not being able to start their dream life or start working towards it? Because they can't envision it. If I'm honest with you, it feels too far. So then what we do is we make excuses as to why we can't have it. And that's me just being very blunt. Mm. Um, I love the blunt. I love that you're blunt and straight. I love it. (laughs) It's a little bit how my language is, but (laughs) it's good. It's, we don't ever envision it. So we will talk ourselves out of it. And if we see someone else do it, we're offended by it. And Mm. I also tell people it is odd to me as a female to not like another female as a grown adult, right? Mm. If you don't like someone, she is 10,000% breeding an insecurity in you, right? So if you are challenged by someone, if you see something and it makes you uncomfortable, what part do you feel that you didn't let yourself have that she may have that she may flourish in? And I think it's a huge perspective on beefing with some people. Um, But I think women don't let themselves or they make excuses for their dream life because they feel obligated to tend to everything first and they just don't feel permission. So then they never speak up on it. And then it's a cycle of, well, I've given up everything for this. I've always wanted to do it. And now I don't know how, but it's, it's just too much. It's just too much. And so we lie to ourselves to feel better about something that we refuse to just grind for. Mm. I love that about that kind of that that looking at other women and like sort of self-reflecting back yeah that's yeah that wow yeah I I like I really can't I there's one person and I tell everyone this there's one person that I genuinely do not like in this world and she is a female and she 10,000 percent brings out all my insecurities and that is a me problem me problem Mm. I've definitely yeah, I feel like I'm just going to be I've definitely had those feelings too. And when you're saying it, I'm just thinking, oh, I just need to kind of release that a little bit. And actually, instead of feeling that, I suppose, negative feeling towards that other woman, I need to kind of feel like actually be inspired and motivated and learn and from like the- what about her is making yeah. me feel ick about mm-hmm. me, right? It's 10,000 percent insecurity. Even my kids, mm. like, I don't like so-and-so. I'm like, why? what part of her is bothering you and they're like you do it every time and I'm like I'm just saying oh my god yes imagine how a mom as a therapist I would be (laughs) oh my god I can't stand it but it's so funny because my youngest is always like I am telling you a boundary I need mom and you're pushing it I'm like oh oh my god back at you (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, or like that. my oldest the other day, we were we got into a little situation and she goes, Stop therapizing me. I was like, I'm not. I'm being calm. And she was like, You have the tone. I'm sure it's very triggering for them. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> it a, was it's funny a- because obviously where you are a therapist and a coach and a counselor and you've got all this when I've I've spoken at the beginning I was thinking oh my god is she going to be like reading me like is she going to read like it's really funny actually I haven't at all I shut it down I think because I do it so often I'm like I don't care like when I go to parties like oh are you reading me I'm "I'm eating like a cupcake I I actually don't care about what you got going I don't even want to look at you if I'm honest with you (laughs) I don't want to know anything else I told my husband actually last night he goes I'm so surprised you call people after talking to so many people during the day I said oh because I want to talk about myself I call people to 100% talk about me selfish contract ask me about me please (laughs) no shame in that no I love that that's why I always love when your Instagram had when I saw it as a selfish contract I was like um love this straight away I thought yeah it was brilliant do you okay so when it comes to starting to kind of work through all those feelings so when women are starting to work through like why they can't have what they want why they're making those excuses how do women maybe start to create a bit of space them kind of the mental space to start working through that to start thinking about it how do they how can you start doing that because I'm sure there'll be women I've I've actually got a friend in mind who says all the things that you have said like I feel like you're kind you've explained one friend <laughs> very much so for her. who Read I for always her. get all the, yeah absolutely and I get all these excuse I don't even think she'd listen to this but I'm gonna be like you need to listen to this like don't take an offense you need to listen um but how would you explain to someone about where they need to create that mental space um to start building that life or start working through those emotions what tools could they do to create that space my number one saying is have a seat. You need to learn to just sit with yourself. It will take time because women will be like, well, I sat and I thought about everything I had to do. And it's like, mm, okay, well, you can write that out. But now what? Now you might need some more time to even think about what's in your head. Um, about a year and a half ago, I talked a lot about sitting in your car. If you let yourself just sit in the car for 10 minutes as a mom, as honestly, just as a woman in general, I have to work, decompress and just sit. You let yourself process your thoughts and you're not almost on survival mode constantly throughout the day. And before you even enter your home or enter like the next phase of the day, you can say, well, how can I think about me for just two seconds? Like you can open your Pinterest, right? You can like create that board or you can be like, oh, well, maybe Sunday I'll have time. Like you get to have a conversation with yourself and we don't have enough time to sit with thoughts at all, at all. I cannot coach you if you don't even know how you feel. Mm. Right? Yeah. So when you've blocked yourself entirely from your brain and you have no space to even think for a minute, come on. That's why when people tell me I don't have time for sessions, maybe I'll do it later. And I'm all, so you don't have time to like 
feed yourself because you could do it actually on dinner. I had a client with four kids and she's like, well, it's during dinner time. I said, then eat dinner on the camera. Like we need to fight for space to hear ourselves think and even let ourselves be like, what am, where, and what am I doing right now? So mm-hmm. car, um, I always tell people too, Sundays are great days. Like if you mm-hmm. can do like a Sunday session with yourself, like 20 minutes, not a lot, just get yourself in your groove. Mm-hmm. Um, and just fight for, a little bit of mental clarity to hear your own thoughts. So you will get nowhere if you don't even know what you're processing. It doesn't, it's like throwing nothing at the wall. Mm. I think, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, last summer, obviously in England, our weather is not great. So it's very rare that we get to go out in the sunshine. But I found that last summer I started to wake up a bit earlier. I'm a more of a morning person anyway. I love an early morning. Um, but I love an early morning when I get a bit of me time before my daughter wakes up. There's a difference. <laughs> what I love about I like to wake up on my own early morning time. Um, but I found last summer I was kind of waking up just sort of 20 minutes, 15 minutes early. I was going outside and just sitting outside and it was warm. And I was that's when I first started journaling and kind of asking questions and working through. And I just found that I just my whole day was just so much better I could plan out my day better I felt a little bit more kinder to myself definitely instead of this kind of rat race of get up do this do that and you go from one task one job to another and you get to the end of the day and you kind of put your feet up when your your kids are in bed and you're like my god I'm knackered and then I I found myself being very reactive to the day rather than very intentional with my day because I hadn't given myself the time to actually work through what is it that I actually want to do today and what is it I actually need to do because I always found that there was kind of a difference between those for me but um yeah I think the car is a good one especially even if you kind of left maybe five or ten minutes earlier for work and then you sat in your work car park or something the fight for any time and then Mm. I have journals everywhere either in my nightstand they're in my car so I can like brain dump that's like phase two right brain dump what the thought if I do have to plan and I can't even process emotion because I'm thinking about a to-do list put the to-do list on paper you don't have to memorize anything Mm. we have to be kinder to the way our brain works and just again fight for a space to just let yourself marinate Mm. it's running and surviving constantly you'll lose yourself in it it's inevitable Mm. I feel like so many of the things you've said is is making me think of a particular conversation I had with a friend just recently and I didn't actually speak up at the time and and listening to you I'm actually thinking because you kind of say it how it is and I love the honesty I'm like I so should have said something but I had a friend who was talking about her daughter and we were talking about schools because they're coming up to school age and she was saying about how she was looking at the schools to pick and I said oh like did you have a preference of what school and um she said not really she said if she's going to want to learn she'll learn if she doesn't she doesn't she's going to be kind of average anyway and I was really like what why are you saying this about your child like she's going to be average anyway so it's like it doesn't matter what school she goes to and what a narrative yeah and I kind of I went away and I haven't forgotten about it. And that was a few weeks ago. And I remember I said it to my husband and he was just like, I definitely want higher ambitions. I want to feel higher ambitions for our own daughter than that. But why or why do you think someone would even say that? Like, what would your thoughts be around you someone the thinking? Of this? Yeah, I do. I want a bit like I want to hear. Well, I want Alex's version of this oh. because I just kind of want to hear like I 
it was such a surprising statement because surely every parent would want their child to achieve the best that they want to achieve and their own version of their own success. But to hear if she wants to learn, she'll learn anyway. If she doesn't, she doesn't. She's going to be average anyway. I was like, what a statement. And I didn't really well, know what to say. I probably wouldn't have said anything either, but mm. that would have been a boundary for me. But it sounds like to me, anyone who boxes their kid in or really anyone means that they weren't allowed, weren't allowed to dream big either. Like mm-hmm. this is the baseline and don't you dare surpass it. Sounds like a mom wound. If I'm honest with you, you know, I have a masterclass on mother wounds. So mm-hmm. um, it sounds like, don't you dare surpass the standard we set. And if you do, or if that daughter eventually does, there will be an issue, which now mm-hmm. her daughter probably will. Yeah. I mean, when I think about it, her mom as well didn't, she didn't go off onto like college or university or anything like that either. She kind of just kind of capped it. And I remember when I said that I was going to go to university, she was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go straight into work. And not that there's anything wrong in that at all, because there's so much success for people that don't go on to, you know, a higher education of some sort. But you saying that makes me think, hmm, I wonder if that's because she was okay to stop at that level that her yeah, I never thought of it like that. Sounds like a generational thing. Mm. It's really interesting. It was it was a statement I just never really thought I would ever hear a parent say about their own child. And I just yeah. came when I couldn't stop thinking. I think the rest of my evening, I just kept thinking, what? Well, I'm so surprised at this statement. So, but yeah, generational. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I want to ask you a couple of, I said this to you as a quick fire round, but I'm not expecting it to be quick fire. No one ever does this quick. So there's no pressure on this. But I've got a couple of questions that I would really love to ask. So first one is, is there an entrepreneur out there who really inspires you now or has inspired you to get to where you are today in your career? Um, Tracy Tudor. I don't know if you guys watch Million Dollar Listing. I'm obsessed. Yes. Okay. I swear to God, I will be her when I'm older. I love everything about her. She has my temperament. Yesterday on a podcast, she said, I can't stand when people tell me no, when clearly I can see it getting done. I'm like, oh my God, I just got into a fight with my husband about telling me no. Like I have a visceral response if somebody tells me no. So Tracy Tudor is my end all be all. I think she's in her fifties and she could care less and she's extremely successful. And um, she's emotionally sound, emotionally wise, but she stays on top of her stuff to a T, even in motherhood. And I really like her a lot. Okay. That's so cool. Oh God, I've never had anyone like that. Everyone's always like, it's usually like an author or it's someone. So I love that. I love that. It's not just about the, the stuff that they talk about. It's everything no. that she's encompassing then her mm-hmm. kind of like aura, her energy. She has everything. it all. She mm. has it all. She does not apologize for it. And she grinds. She makes sacrifices. She talks a lot about it. Um, But she's the epitome of what I think our generation of women will aspire to be at her age. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love no that. Excuses with her. I love her. Uh, yeah, I like her. I'm not really into excuses. Definitely, as I think I've gone through my own journey, I've definitely kind of got a bit tired of excuses and hearing excuses. Um, I'm always happy and more than willing to help anyone who starts to say or kind of start to say a few excuses. But then if a couple of 
messages back and forwards is I'm starting to see a bit of progress with it then I'm like yeah then I'm all I'm all for it but if I just get another one another one another one I'm like yeah. oh, you just kind of I don't want to keep hearing this now I'm getting a bit bored and then I'm like and then you're <laughs> sucking my energy a little bit so like <laughs> yeah. and I don't want that I to call that hard, a, but I'm like don't be an asshole you're asking me to agree with you lying to yourself I'm not doing it no I love that an asshole I love that um, okay, is there something for you so you can get yourself a contract hat on now? Because I'm asking you about this one. Is there something that you would love to achieve, whether it's for yourself or for your business by the end of this year? End of the year. Um, I do, and I'm going to put it out there. I do want to form some type of podcast in the sense of an Ask Alex. I get a lot of DMs. For questions. So I think I would love to have almost like a space for women to have chatter and like, oh yeah, I have the same thing. Like just rapid fire questions constantly, almost like a dear Ashley back in the day. I don't know if you know anything about that in the newspapers, but people would send in questions and Ashley would answer them on the newspaper. Right. Column. So I almost want like a dear Ashley podcast because I don't have a lot of time for content, but I do got a lot of time to chat because I could do that while I'm walking around the house. So I want it very Mm. engaging. Um, Like we're hanging out and having coffee together. So that's something that needs to get done. I love that. I love that. Well, I'm going to keep my eye open for that one then. So like, I always love to ask this question to anyone who comes on the show because quite often we go, okay, I'm going to say, and I'm like, now I'm holding you accountable. You've put it out there now. So now there's a slight expectation that it needs to happen. Um, Do you have any advice to anyone out there who wants to start their own business or maybe become a coach? Um, My big thing in wanting to become a coach I don't believe people have to get education, but I do highly recommend it, especially with our market. Um, Any type of coaching, whether it's continued education, whether it is a certificate of any kind, I think any education is very helpful. I I know this isn't recorded visually, but um, I have all my degrees on my wall and they're for a good reason. And I think I've been able to hone in on my niche. A lot Mm -hmm. of feedback I've gotten is, Alex, I like to work with you because you have the education to back it. Again, I don't care what it is. Just perfect your craft so much that you, even if you have the excuse, you have this knowledge that no one can take. I don't care Mm -hmm. what education it is, but you need to seek it. I think that Mm -hmm. is everyone's first step is empower yourself to know more because once you know more, that confidence is untouched. It's Mm -hmm. unmatched. Mm. Um, and then the other thing I would say is you have to just do TSC doesn't look anything like what I started as. And I'm constantly pivoting and I constantly let myself, it will never be ready to launch. It will never be perfect. You will never know all you'll never even know all the answers to your clients, but you learn as you go and you want to let yourself be flexible and learning and growing because you will grow with your business. You will. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I completely second that advice. Just mm-hmm. the changes that I've had in my short time, where it was a year ago to where it is now, it's crazy how much it changes as you learn and evolve. And and you speak to your own customers and clients, and then you realize, oh, okay, you get feedback, and then you learn from that, and you see what's working, what's not, and you get more educated and informed yourself. So then you're thinking, oh, I can offer a better service, so I need to change this. And Um, Even with continued education, like I even told my business coach today, I was like, I think I'm going to sign up for some more continued education classes. She's like, because you don't have enough degrees. And I'm like, well, I feel stale. If I stop learning, I Mm. stop producing. 
So you have to constantly want to know more. Mm. You have to constantly strive for that new level. Yes, it's exhausting, but greatness is actually pretty exhausting. So you just want to let yourself absorb and never just say, I'll be good when. No, you should always be moving, Mm. in my opinion. It's Mm. my toxic trait, but it, it works. No, I agree with you. I do. But then that's where the confidence also comes from. Like you're saying, if that feeling of being a bit stale, you're you're gonna I I would start to feel, I think, like, am I am I fully up to speed with it? Am I giving the best out there if there's new information, new training, new knowledge, new research, and I don't know it, then am I giving the best I possibly can to my customers and clients and stuff? So And let yourself come in with humility and say, mm. maybe I should know more or learn more, and that's okay. Mm, I love that. Where can people find you, Alex? Where can, like, I have honestly just loved speaking with you. I love the honesty. I literally feel like we we said we were going to meet up and we were going to have like a coffee and a chat. And I kind of feel like I've got to be able to have that with you today. So I'm super, super grateful. Um, And I just hope that we get to do it in real life at some point. So um, this is great. Absolutely. But can you tell our listeners where where can they find you everything will be in the show notes but i'd love to hear it from you yes so obviously on instagram it's the selfish contract and then i have the selfish um there are some information on my group program master classes on my website and then instagram i'm pretty much posting everything there which i guess everybody is but um the selfish contract is the baby that is the space that you'll get like the hot notes here mm-hmm. or there and um i'm pretty responsive with dms too so if people have questions about coaching or what would be best for them or something that even marinated or resonated here like reach out Mm. um i try to be pretty accessible with the selfish contract because we're all just trying to figure it out and usually it's hard to figure out your first step of what do i want and what do i need and i can for sure help you with that amazing honestly thank you so much I've loved every single thing that you have said. I've definitely learned things. It's It's been just so valuable. And I know the listeners and my listeners will be really, really grateful um, to have had the opportunity to listen to you. So thank you so much, Alex. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me. Okay. I just love Alex, her whole outlook on life, on relationships, work. I want to say a huge thank you to Alex for coming on the show. I'm so honoured to have her here and to build that connection and have her share that knowledge with you all. Don't forget to answer the Spotify poll if you would like us to do a second episode. I've got another amazing interview coming in a couple of weeks, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on that one. You're not going to want to miss that one either. I hope you have a fab day. Thank you for listening and let's catch up next Tuesday.